of I Love This Album is now in session. And uh, I don't know how many times I should talk about this. I'm only on the second episode. I'm going to talk about albums that I really, really love, as you might have guessed by the title in this series. Um, I started with uh, Motley Crue, Shout the Devil. And this week I'm going to talk about... Ah, I've said this before. I said this with Shout the Devil. What? And I could say about... I could say this about almost all of them. Maybe I could make the case for my favorite album ever. Anthrax, Among the Living, Slayer, Rain and Blood, Metallica, Master of Puppets, Iron Maiden, Power Slave. Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, or as my friend Jeff Tidd used to call it back then, Appetite for an Onion. But it's really called Appetite for Destruction. And here it is right now. I'm going to show it to you. Just to get on the record. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Guns N' Roses, my little history with Guns N' Roses. Um, I was, at, at, this came out in 1987, and in 1987 I was full, at that point for many years, a full music fan. I was buying every music magazine. All my friends were, were kind of the same. You, you, back then you used to choose your friends based on, uh, you know, you had uh, the same musical tastes and you used to hang around with the same people. You would go to concerts and see the same people at concerts and became friends with them, or at least you would talk to them at concerts. So I knew about Guns N' Roses before Appetite for an Onion came out. Um, I, I guess I heard about them in 86, maybe a year before. And um, they were they were very, very hyped. I guess bands don't really have this, this kind of hype anymore, but they were in music magazines. Uh, people talked about them. They were part of the big L.A., uh, sunset strip scene and so the the album now they did have uh, an ep before that which i never heard uh which was uh live like a suicide i never heard it but it, it they were a band that had just a, a a huge reputation before uh appetite for destruction even came out so now i think before it came out i saw them i first saw guns and roses in I remember the date. It was August 19th, 1987. I saw them live. They played in Toronto opening for the cult. Uh, at that time, I was not really a, a cult fan, but I loved Electric, which came out earlier in 1987. So I was going to see the cult, but I, I was very, very aware of Guns N' Roses, and I was very excited to see them. And I, if I remember correctly, Appetite for Destruction came out Right around that same time, I didn't check, but and my producers didn't tell me. I'm going to have to talk about that with them later. But um, I, I think Appetite for Destruction came out. The concert, as I said, was August 19th, 87. Appetite for Destruction came out sometime around that time. I think if I remember correctly, I, I hadn't heard it at that point. So for me, seeing them live was my introduction to them. Although, as I said, I did, I was familiar with them. 
And um, I remember I saw them and um, people were commenting on the singer dance is funny. This was a guy called Axel Rose. And at that time, nobody knew who they were or he wasn't. And, and people were, uh, I think maybe even my friend, I was my friend Pete. I think he commented that the, the singer dance is funny. Or maybe I even commented or people around me. Um, they didn't go over particularly well with the, the cult crowd. And I remember, I remember this very distinctly. School started a few weeks later in early September. And I went back to school and I bought a, a cult t-shirt. And there was a, a, a guy, uh, his, his name was, uh, David Neely or David McNeely or something. And, um, he saw me and, and I was wearing the cult shirt and, and he said, Oh, you went to that concert? Me too. And he said, that band Guns N' Roses, they sucked. And, uh, I remember that very well because a year later, or I don't know how long, everybody in the world, I think, liked Guns N' Roses. But Dave Neely or McNeely did not like them when he saw them on August 19th, 1987. I did. Uh, and they were, um, different. They were not like Motley Crue or Rat. Or Van Halen, they were from the same big family, the, the Sunset Strip bands, a little bit uh, different era. This, this album came out in 87, all those other bands have been around for a few years at that point. And, um, but I, I can say Appetite for Destruction when it came out, and I got it uh, probably very, very shortly after the concert, the original album, I got it shortly after that, because I did like them a lot. Uh, what, a, what a totally... That, that that was to me like a unifying album because at that point when I was 17 I was full on into thrash metal but I also liked I I loved Motley Crue and Rat and uh, uh, I don't know Cinderella and Poison and, and bands like that and I had some friends who were very divided I had some and I knew some people people at school or whatever they were thrash fans or they were more like Judas Priest Iron Maiden. Uh, you know, Van Halen, kind of the ACDC maybe kind of fans. Everybody liked AC, uh, like Guns N' Roses. I think they were the first band that I remember that, that nobody was divided about. Uh, Appetite for Destruction, and I'll show it again in case you've forgotten what it looks like. Appetite for Destruction unified everybody. They, they just, uh, they, they had, they didn't, they weren't pretty, they, they were, they did kind of have that LA look. Somewhat similar to Motley Crue and Rat, but they, they weren't maybe as pretty boy. Um, the, but they, you know, they, they weren't like, they didn't look like, uh, I don't know, like Overkill or, or, you know, Metallica or Slayer. They, they look kind of, uh, kind of tough. Now, I guess they did wear hairspray. I didn't care about that, but they, they just had a, a certain look to them. I think Slash especially was very mysterious. There was this guy with this big mop of hair. You couldn't see his eyes. He always had the the hat on. They had they had uh, tattoos. They they did wear some leather. They wore uh, cowboy boots. Um, everybody, don't uh, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Everybody loved Guns N' Roses. Um, so so this album came out and I loved it. This is one of the albums that I know. And there are I don't know how many albums like this. I know it. Perfectly. I know every little tiny nuance, every little breath, every, if there are any little mistakes, all the tiny, tiny things. I know this album probably as perfectly as you can know any album. Maybe Among the Living is like that too. Uh, Master of Puppets. Maybe not too many when you really think about it, but I know this album as, as well as I know anything in my life. 
And um, I don't know what else to say about it. It's obviously become overplayed. I can't remember the last time I took this out and played it and listened to it front to back. You know, especially Welcome to the Jungle. God, you can't go anywhere without hearing that song. It's been played at every sporting event for the last 30 or more years. Sweet Child of Mine is right there, too. It's, it's on the radio. Um, but th this is... Uh, now that I see it, I wonder if this is... Uh, if this is a, a misprint, now here's here's the front cover, but it, it should open like this. I don't know if if you know what I mean. That's the front, so it should it should open like this, but the the front is is printed on the back anyway. Um, there's the the original band. What would have been the cover? Uh, maybe my friend Jason Satterfield knows. If this is a, a special, uh, if there's so, and it has the uh, the ID number on the back of the booklet, which it would, or, or it is on the back. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Now another thing about this album that was very different. This is similar to Motley Crue, Shout the Devil, which I talked about in the first episode. Episode um, was bands. You know, they, these bands they kind of came on strong, but you know they they also held back a little bit. Uh, Guns N' Roses said a lot of bad words in, in Appetite for Destruction and, and their lyrics, similar to Shout the Devil, were a little bit strong and, and uh, violent and a little bit aggressive. And you, you got the feeling I had... Actually, they reminded me a lot of Motley Crue. Guns N' Roses did. They didn't sound like them. But just their attitude, um, they, they seemed like legitimate tough guys. And, uh, the, you know, drug addicts. And, and probably that they spent all their days drinking and, and banging girls. Um, and then the music reflects that, I think. Now, Welcome to the Jungle, what can you say about that? I, I mean, it's a great song, but I can never choose to listen to it. Um, it's So Easy was, uh, I see you standing there, you think you're so cool. Why don't you just fuck off? There were not a lot of bands who said fuck off in their songs back then. Guns N' Roses was one. They, they had a real bad attitude. It was also amazing, too, that Axel could sing. If you heard Welcome to the Jungle, he had that high-pitched Axel-y voice, and then he could sing so low, like in uh, It's So Easy. Um, Night Train. Was there any swearing in Night Train? I, I love every song on this album. Night Train. I don't think there's any swearing in Night Train. Uh, I'm going through looking for the bad words. Out to get me, because um, I got something that's been built up inside for so fucking long. For so fucking long. He, he just sounded so angry. I had such an attitude, Axel did uh, back then. And also, I'm fucking innocent. They're out to get me. They won't catch me. I'm fucking innocent. Uh, real chip on his shoulder. Real attitude. I loved it. Um, Mr. Brownstone. Um, what's the lyric at the end? Uh, I used to get up. I used to get up. Around seven. I used to get up around whenever. Now I get up on time. But that old man, he's, he's a real motherfucker. Gonna kick him on down the line. Bands didn't say motherfucker back then. Guns N' Roses did. Whatever that's worth. Uh, Paradise City, another one that... Uh, almost similar to... Well, there's another song later I'll mention this. Almost like two different songs. The beginning was kind of very nice, happy, summery kind of song. And then, as Paul Stanley says, it gets rough, and it became kind of heavy. And uh, only years later, people said that they... I only heard it years later that they ripped off the riff from um, 
Zero the Hero from Black Sabbath from Born Again, which I, when somebody pointed it out to me, I said, ah, oh, yeah, you're right, it does kind of sound like that. But I, I heard um, Paradise City for years before I before somebody brought that to my attention. I never saw it as a ripoff that. It's a great song, but another one similar to Welcome to the Jungle, just that I got tired of. Um, oh, and I remember about Paradise City. Some people thought that I was in the video. If anybody remembers the video, they, they filmed the first part in color. I think it, at uh, Giant Stadium in um, New Jersey. And then the second half was at Donington that was in black and white. And then the color part, you see, I don't know what point in the video, you see a, a guy and a girl making out. And you just see the guy from the back. And he's, he's really going to town with this girl. And um, the guy had kind of long blonde hair, as I did at the time. And I swear there were people that legitimately thought that was me. They asked me uh, later at school, like, I don't know, after that came video, after the video came out, I think there were some people that legitimately thought that was me. I think maybe I even played it up that it was me, but it wasn't. So I'm not in the uh, uh, the video for Paradise City, but some people thought I was. Uh, My Michelle, another one, kind of the dark lyrics for that one about a girl who's... Uh, Got all kinds of problems. Um, think about you. That was a nice one. Kind of uh, lyrically, the the words are the lyrics are you know kind of a nice, a little bit romantic in terms of uh, Guns and Roses. Um, hey baby, you can you've been looking real good. You know what I remember when we met. It's funny. Ah, I can't remember. Uh, funny how it never felt so good. It's a feeling that I know I'll know. I know I'll never forget. Uh, it was the best time I can remember. Good song, Thing About You. Um, I like that one because I never really had a chance to get sick of that one. I don't think they played it live too often. It wasn't a radio song. Uh, Sweet Child of Mine. I love that song. Even that, that's one. I don't think I got as bored as Sweet Child of Mine as I did with the other two big hits. Um, Welcome to the Jungle Land, Paradise City. I always loved Sweet Child of Mine. Good, good mix of, uh, not quite a ballad, but a, a nice song. And I think even the thrash people, my, my friends that liked only thrash, the real, you know, hardcore guys, uh, I think they even like Sweet Child of Mine. You're crazy, you're fucking crazy. Another one with Axel saying fuck. Um, yeah, good, good song. That was a good one too. Uh, anything goes my way, your way, anything goes tonight. I've been thinking about, thinking about sex. Always hungry for something that I haven't had yet. Uh, maybe baby you got something for you maybe baby I got something for you no what is it maybe baby you got something to lose maybe well I got something I got something for you um, probably my least favorite song in that album although I still love it um, Rocket Queen Rocket Queen is my not just my favorite song on this album maybe my favorite Guns N' Roses song and I see here when I used to write the dates. I bought this CD on November 8th, 1990, which is kind of late because I got my first CD player for Christmas in 1989. So I went almost a year without having this, without, without, having, without having this on CD. Um, maybe my favorite Guns N' Roses song, uh, could be Coma, but uh, on this for sure, Rocket Queen. Similar to, uh, as I mentioned, Paradise City. It starts off, but in reverse, Paradise City starts a little bit nice, and then it gets a little bit, uh, not heavier, but a little bit more aggressive. Um, Rocket Queen is the opposite. It starts off a little bit darker and heavier, and then halfway through the song it switches. 
Um, yeah, Rocket Queen is my favorite on an album that is full of favorites. I love every single song on this album. Um, hence the name of this, uh, this, this video or this video series. So it's a, this was a huge, huge album for me. My favorite album of 1987. 1987 had some good ones. Um, some really, really good ones. This, this was the best and has remained the best. I look at this differently now though because it's, because it, it's not just huge. It's this album and I think Guns N' Roses maybe to a lesser extent became a phenomenon. And so it, it's kind of like Metallica with the Black Album. It's, it's hard to look at something the same when it's, you know, so ubiquitous. You, you can't get away from it. But, uh, that's it. So, but I will say Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction or Guns N' Roses Appetite for an Onion. Shout out to uh, Jeff Tidd, who I haven't talked to for probably 30 years. Um, I love this album. 